2: No, that's the West Wing. West, West World. There, we go. there have been many podcasts which seek to analyse the complexities, the depth, the plot lines, the hidden story arcs, the beauty of these productions. Quite simply, the world doesn't need another one, which is why we're applying that level of discussion to the bottom of the televisual barrel and scraping it with a weekly celebration of The One Show. Hello, hello and welcome once again to the The One Show Show, the podcast that goes up to the door of TV's The One Show and with all of its films and content in a paper bag, we put it on the step. We set light to it, we ring the bell, and we run away. And then The One Show answers the door and sees the burning bag and stamps on it to put it out. But it's full of all their films and content, so when they stamp on it, all (laughs) shit goes up their leg. And then we hide here, very, very low down in the Apple charts, laughing at it from a distance. I am John Holmes, and here we are again taking that oh-so-deep-dive into TV's shallowest show. And on the green sofas of doom this week, then, Matt Allwright versus Robot Football is blind, and holy Christ, please make the clanky necklace stop.
3: <laughs> Joining me
2: to burn all of it down, of course, my the, the One Show Show co-host Mark Haynes, and not one, but two presenters who went all a bit viral over those lockdown times with their hashtag Real Daily Briefings on Twitter, and have built up what can almost be described as the following... Almost, but not quite. It's Larry and Paul. <laughs> Welcome, Larry and Paul.
1: <laughs> Welcome, <laughs> indeed. <laughs> oh, Clapping outside oh, now. Just oh, like Steve right.
2: It's lovely to see you. Love the show, Thanks. George. Love the show. Thanks. Uh, even though I know that's insincere.
1: So, um,
2: <laughs> question we ask everybody, because you've not been on before. Have you ever watched the one show before we forced you to do it?
4: Yes, I, I do. I'm Larry. Hi. I see it from time to time. And um, I, I don't know how I fit in here, because... I'm not of the impression that it's the worst thing I've ever seen. Ooh. And I feel like I might be in a minority of one. Um, <laughs> on
1: well, I've, I've actually, I've got a question for you two, actually. First of all, are we allowed to swear on this? Yes well, fuck you, John, <laughs> and fuck you, Mark, and you watch Charles. Fucking, I hate the one show. I think it's the worst fucking of Satan's bum guff, and you made me sit through two half-fucking hours of it. I avoid, when I worked for the BBC, it used to be on in the background, mm. and that was bad enough. But I've had to devote my entire fucking attention to it, and so fuck you both.
4: i fuck you, Larry, as well, actually. Fuck you. I'm saying it's not the worst thing you've ever seen. And that's what we call defined characters. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the thing is that I like to see the best in people. People and Paul and Paul's a huge misanthrope and when I, I can see I can understand why some people watch the one show because it's it's mere offensive inoffensiveness that would attract a certain audience is that an, all right a tactful way of putting it yeah I mean it is the only show on British television where
5: they can do a three-minute thing about one of the hosts not feeling very well At the top
6: Well hello and welcome to your Monday One Show Live on BBC Two and iPlayer with Jermaine Genius
7: And Alex Jones uh, Sound a little bit ropey there are you okay? Voices a bit. Better
6: than I was. <laughs> yeah. And they'll have
7: a generic <laughs> chat about what would be good for,
5: for a sore throat. But they won't go, and I've, looked, I've researched this. Someone will just go, yeah, pineapple juice. And someone will go, oh,
6: yeah, yeah. But, you know, sponsored by pineapple juice.
5: This was Alex Jones, uh,
2: Jermaine Janus, uh, and Nat- This was Natalie Portman, wasn't it? And Tessa Thompson on Out of the Marvel film. Um, and Alex, yeah, croaked a bit at the beginning. And then just to send in your mm. home
7: remedies. And
6: Any you- home remedies, <laughs> send oh, yeah. them in. It's the most frustrating
7: thing. It is. Come on. She's pushing through people. Help her out. Send her in your remedies. Uh, Right, She's asking for trouble because all that's going to
2: happen with send me your home remedies is that some weird loner man Sitting at home watching the one show will be like, Here, yeah, try, try this on your throat or <laughs> wanking into a jiffy bag. That, that also, yeah.
5: I thought they opened the door for more dick pics on a section that they were calling Show, Sew and Grow. <laughs> and they said, So send in your
1: pics for Show, Sew and Grow. There's something for your throat.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. Have, you tried, have you tried hot cut? <laughs> <laughs> But for every but for every single feature. <laughs> oh I don't want on here or oh, I can't get my daffodils to
4: grow. Same guy, Nigel and fucking Chiswick. And they tried come? <laughs> every week. Now this refugee family from Ukraine have been rehomed, But have they tried hotcom? We asked Nigel and Chiswick. No, I don't think try not come,
1: but I'd love to give her even a somewhat come.
4: <laughs> but she, start, she started the show with a perfectly reasonable "Hello and welcome to the One Show," and no one noticed anything before Jermaine, in obviously some sort of pre-organized thing. Oh, you're you 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 are feeling a bit, you're a bit croaky there, aren't you? And. <laughs> Who has pineapple juice for a croaky throat? I've never heard of that in my no. life. And ch- honey, they- honey and lemon and ginger. Yeah, and it's, beca-
1: it's obviously because they wouldn't let her say any kind of brand name, even though that's perfectly yeah. acceptable. I've got one question because you two are clearly mm. one-show veterans. Where the fuck did they find her co presenter <laughs> Christ, they've really topped themselves with this one. Yeah. What's his name? Yeah, JJ? Yeah, yeah. For years,
5: Alex seemed like the nadir of presenting. And by being at that level for so long, she became quite good compared to how she was. Jermaine Janis is very much on step one of that journey. Um, He he, he actually has difficulty just saying things that make sense. So he had to say, uh, talking about the Commonwealth Games, he had to at one point say, baton bearer. Um, and yeah. he ended
7: up saying uh, so you're one of the baton buriers. And As ever, we love hearing from you. Maybe you're going to be a baton berry yourself. If so, uh, please get in touch All the details are on the screen um, Not, no, we don't not even the, the word berry, yes. like you're burying it but like
1: the red round fruit, a
5: baton barrier.
1: My My personal favourite, which made me actually howl in the office to the point where Larry had to come and ask if I was okay, was when he was interviewing Natalie Portman and um, well, Tessa, Thompson. Tessa Thompson, and he wanted to say was we've spent a lovely afternoon <laughs> watching the film. Yes, we're both big Marvel fans, yes. and he says we're both big Marvel
4: films. Yes.
7: <laughs> now we had the pleasure of enjoying a very nice afternoon, didn't we? Kind of watching uh, this very film nice. today, both massive Marvel films. Which <laughs> are they?
4: Is, is <laughs> Alex is Black Widow?
7: Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and um, there was, I, I mean, I, I don't, am I skipping forward in the chronology? when you I mentioned another, absolute, You can go, go anywhere
2: you like. Let's face it, they fucking go all over the shop. So <laughs> <might have been. laughs>
1: another howler was clearly, I think it was at the end, it was at the end of one of the segments, I think it was the end of the the, the beach bit, when someone accidentally faded up his microphone and he was clearly saying something about not having enough time, faded back down again, they faded it back up and he chucked, he said something else, and had to chuck his iPad to one side, <laughs> while Natalie Portman and Tessa Thompson just looked on with, presumably, just that's a dull.
7: JJ, I know you wouldn't miss it for the world. So my mom said, "You can pop in for a cuppa." Oh, time.
6: Well, as long as your mum's got biscuits, <laughs> otherwise, yeah. it's a no go, Richie. Plenty of biscuits, please, Richie. <laughs> yeah. I, I built like a
4: whole you- backstory to that segment in my mind that while the piece was on live from Bournemouth Beach, as as the lady arrived backwards on a zip wire with the Commonwealth. <laughs> <laughs> background. <laughs> uh, while while that piece was going on Jermaine was so busy trying to chat up Natalie Portman um uh, which which he did some of on air when he asked the question something like and how 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 do you get so ripped
1: how- yeah, it's, it's a pretty amazing Part of my life to get to play this role.
7: You got pretty ripped up for it as well. I mean, you really went all out on the Thor stuff. It was it looked great. <laughs> what, how, did, how did
4: you get so fit? Um, but he was chatting her up, and then he was trying to play it cool. Like, guys, how much time have I got? And they were like, "You're back now." And he goes, "Oh, it's time now, is it?" Through <laughs> <laughs> through the through some floor manager under the bus.
5: Yeah. yeah.
4: <laughs> so he could impress Natalie. The, the
5: Bournemouth bit of trying to sort of go, "This is going to be spectacular," and having a a child's zip wire. Uh, that went from one part of a pier onto the beach. Um, <laughs> Jermaine's comeback on that when, when it's worth saying as well, uh, the guy who did, did the Bournemouth beach stuff, uh, is Richie. Uh, I was going to say Richie Edwards. It isn't him. <laughs> that, that, that would be much better. Um, he's back doing Commonwealth reports on the one show. Um, he uh, did mention, as a proper good clanger, he did point to the sea and say that that's Bournemouth Sea over there. That's uh, so okay. There's Bournemouth Sea over there. It looks very cold. That's not what it's Inform, called. Inform,
1: educate, entertain.
5: Uh, he also put an extra uh, beat into the word Oceana, so he made uh, the, the new word Oceanaana, <laughs> which was very pleasing. <laughs> <laughs> But best of all <laughs> was how low he was setting it as well. He was going, Oh, I'm having the time of my life, not even trying to make it sound like he was having the time of his life. I was
7: a bit worried about taking this job on
1: actually. I was actually dragged down here kicking and screaming. I mean, who wants to come to gorgeous Bournemouth for the arrival of the Queen's Baton Relay? Do you know what? I'm not even convincing
5: myself. I'm having the time of my life. So the, the, has the like little bit ed- where he journey. went back to Jermaine in the studio and Jermaine got to do a proper zinger on him. So he said, well, the Commonwealth torch is quite heavy. And it cut back to Jermaine quick as a flash, who went, ha-ha, looks it's it. Quite heavy, actually. <laughs> yeah, looks Work it. Worth those arms, Definitely. Richie. Thank you very much. <laughs> Sing! <laughs> Sing! Well done, Jermaine. We were all ripping you, and then you come out with that.
2: There was a very good bit when uh, he was talking, Richie was talking to a, the open water swimmer, and he was t- backreft because Nat- Natalie and Tessa had been talking about having ice baths as part of their training to be in the Marvel film. Got Jermaine uh, uh, very excited. Did, that did um, didn't it yeah and, uh, do you want hot cum in your ice bath <laughs> um, and, uh, and he said this open water swimmer because she was talking about ice baths and he went how cold does it get and she just went well I'm an ice swimmer
5: I mean we heard Natalie and Tessa talking about um, ice baths in the studio how cold does it get for you
6: uh, well I'm an ice swimmer
5: Killed it dead. Did you have any working knowledge of the times involved in ice baths that people in ice baths think are impressive? Because they were all like, you really, you nailed it. You nailed it. Tell us what it was. Tell us what it was. And she went, four minutes. And I went, I don't know. That
1: (laughs) That doesn't doesn't sound
5: sound
3: like a lot. Doesn't sound like long at all, does (laughs) it really? So uh, there would be sometimes, do you remember like, a thick layer of ice that you'd have to like smash through and take yeah. out to get in this bath. Oh my word. Um, and it is kind of mind over matter but I, I think I got up to four minutes. Well,
5: you know? uh, well done or, or whatever.
1: It's <laughs> like a standard radio edit single isn't it? I could sit, I could sit in there for a One Direction. <laughs> uh, do you think Alex went full on Welsh in this
2: episode by the way? She was, she was. there was a lot mm. of lot of Welsh, beautiful and the uh, viewers. I wonder what the viewers are thinking.
6: Now what I love about the film Natalie is as you said there's plenty of humour in it. We have got um, lots of questions from viewers but a lot of viewers
5: voo- <laughs> viewers Vo- yeah. yeah. Vo- yeah. Vo- <laughs> right there on the sofa yeah i i thought that was because i thought i thought natalie portman had turned up in a very strange outfit. Had, and yes. You know, I, yes it was very much had the look of my husband has left me but i'm going to turn up at school sports day in a very inappropriate top to show him what he's missing <laughs> and it it just seemed entirely out of place for the type of show that we were dealing with
4: i, I watched it with my wife and uh, and and uh she didn't know I was doing this podcast at the time. And I said, and wh- what is that Natalie Portman's wearing after some description? And, sh- and she said... She's wearing whatever she wants to. It's the outfit she's wearing. I'm like, all right. Oh. The, the, the woke karate. I said, I just need a, I just need a description of it yeah. <laughs> for, a, for a podcast. I thought, on. It,
1: I thought it looked like, a lot like she'd sat on the sofa naked, crossed arms and legs, and then they'd got dresses to sort of wrap material around <laughs> her and tie it up. And she just stayed in that one
5: position. Yeah, my wife said it looked like she was starring in an amateur dramatic production of My Cousin Vinny. <laughs> again, I mean, I like the way we've got all these unacceptable uh, comments about what a woman is wearing, but very cleverly, we handed them off to fictional female characters in our lives.
1: Well, I'm, I'm trans, so it's fine. <laughs>
3: For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.
5: One of my favorite questions that, that, that was asked was asked by Avua, Avua. and they said, um, so who would win in a fight? Valkyrie, who's Tessa Thompson's character, or Thor, oh, yeah. who uh, Natalie Portman is playing as well. And uh, they said what is very much a company line. So they went immediately, oh, we'd never fight. You know, we'd never fight. Who would
6: win in a fight? Valkyrie or the mighty Thor?
5: Good question. Oh, oh. oh
6: We would never fight. Yeah, no, they wouldn't uh, fight. We're a team. Yeah. And we'd beat anyone together. Exactly. <laughs> Didn't
5: ask. If you'd ever fight, he asked who would win in a <laughs> yeah, fight. Yeah. And I, I only bring it up because I once saw Stan Lee in uh, London at a comic convention, and he did a and a Q&A, And it was thrilling to see Stan Lee, you know, the man behind all those sort of, you know, uh, from the Fantastic Four and the X-Men, um, everything. Everything is from Stan Lee. Uh, someone asked him, and they said, who would win in a fight, the X-Men or the Avengers? And Stan Lee said they would never fight. And the man said, don't cop out right <laughs> <laughs> who would win and stanley said well no they, they would never fight they would never fight and the bloke said i didn't I, I asked you who which of them would win the fight and they dragged the man out <laughs> they dragged him oh, wow. out and nerd. he was shouting tell me tell me and i did sit there and as an no comics nerd i thought i mean stanley says they weren't they wouldn't fight but there was a four issue series called The Avengers versus the X Men in which they
0: thought.
5: <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> the answer, yeah. who won? Well, it was a draw. Just say a draw. It yeah. won't be a draw. And then the nerds don't have to be dragged
1: away. Yeah, well, what I enjoyed about that is that they, they seemed to claim that there were loads of questions that came in for the viewers, and that one just killed that section stone dead. They went, okay, right, yeah, move it on. Yeah. No yeah. more questions.
5: <laughs> yeah. Right, Rather than talk about who'd win in a fight, which would be exciting, um, could you name all the different different forms of love that are available on earth which could be incorporated into the new thought um Um,
1: i think there's that's really at like self-love there's
6: love for well i think it's definitely an exploration of love in all its forms there's friends love there's romantic love there's parent child love there's
1: self-love there's love for what you do so um i think there's that's really at, like, the core of, of the movie. I noticed they didn't mention bum love. <laughs> <laughs> so
4: make, make, it it, it, make of that what you will. Make it much more watchable. <laughs>
5: yeah. it, it's PC gone mad. <laughs> <laughs> also that bit that I love most of all where actors sort of go, we had the script, but, you know, we, 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 we freshened it up a lot on the way through, really got it zinging, <laughs> which is, you know, you ignorant shit <laughs> you absolute yeah. you know oh.
1: complete improvisation and just yeah really radically changing things on the day. So
6: so the initial thing, you wouldn't recognise it compared to the end result?
3: Not necessarily. Yeah, I think there's a lot that has shifted and changed, but the heart I, of the I movie... I can't there stand it. And I
5: just don't believe in a film like Thor, Blood like and Thunder, like they're going to go, do yeah. you know what? We, we we can afford to just make it up on the, on, on, on the hoof yeah. and we'll take care of it in the edit. I'm sure that won't cost... Billions of. Dollars.
4: I have to confess to zoning out a little bit of that interview because 80% of it was Alex and Jermaine saying, We know you can't tell us anything. We know you can't tell us yeah. anything. And <laughs> I know you can't tell us anything, but can you <laughs> tell us anything? I think I can't tell us anything, but could you could you is there anything is there anything you could tell us? And I was like, oh my the god. The
2: only thing they, they <laughs> seemed to be able to tell us, and Alex did it in a really weird voice. She just said, um,
6: well, you become the Mighty Thor <laughs> I hopefully we're not saying too much. Gosh, I get nervous when we it's talk hard, about isn't it? Marvel Especially film. Marvel films. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, not saying too much. We would say there's a little love story part of it. Um, you play Thor's ex-girlfriend originally, and then become Mighty Thor. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Does she? <laughs> that seems like a massive plot point. Yeah, yeah,
5: yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, they did mention on another show as well that they are a show which is primarily now uh, just trying to get spoilers out of people. They mentioned this they with did. Russell T. Davis, and they were like, but A show that gets spoilers out of people. Come
6: on, Russell. What the goss have you got for us?
4: Has anyone ever come on The One Show and given away a spoiler? Yes. Wow, yeah, that's, that's really? do. It's a bit like, well,
6: you
5: know, A, spoilers are called spoilers because they spoil yep. things. And, and B, you can't say you're a show about spoilers if you've never once managed to get a spoiler out of someone no. in 11 no. years.
4: Do they mean that time Dan Stevens spoiled the opening of his interview? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah but b- um, improved The One Show 100%. Yeah. immeasurably, immeasurably. And yeah, yeah. um, one, one thing I noticed about the episode with Russell T. Davies he just absolutely elevated the thing to stratospheric levels, didn't he? The moment he started <laughs> speaking, he was just like, right, actually, I'm really interested now in everything. And the moment he starts, speaking, yeah, oh, okay, yeah, back to normal. I liked the way he was flirting
2: with Jermaine, which put <laughs> which put the flirting of Jermaine and Natalie Portman into the shade, didn't it? He yeah. was all over the Jermaine, that you beautiful man. He was Jermaine, you're a beautiful man. Oh,
4: I'd <laughs> suck you off, darling, in a second, <laughs> you know. But if Ryan Gosling was in Cardiff, I'd go and suck him off. <laughs> I'd <laughs> gobble him <Yeah>. absolutely. <laughs> Ryan Gosling was in Doctor Who. I wouldn't be sitting here. <laughs>
5: <laughs> I did again. I do think there's a funny thing about if you are a showrunner, just openly boasting. This that you say, if I had an attractive member of the cast, I'd be drinking with them now. (laughs) It's like, no, this is, it's 2022. Check your fucking watch, you know. I I will say one thing about this. When you do get like big Hollywood stars on the one show, I mean, what could be funnier than basically having them there saying, will you stay the whole show and only talking to them for the first 10 minutes and then just making them sit through 20 minutes of shit without even asking them what they think of it anymore. I thought it was so funny that you have Natalie Portman there and you go... I think for the last 20 minutes we'll just have yeah. her watch stuff but not even ask her what she thinks.
2: It. The, the one sort of link they tried to make, and I wonder, we've talked about this before, L&P, where The One Show have a, a a series of films related to nothing on their shelf. And what they try and do is, however tenuously, link it to the guest and go, well, we've got that one from three years ago. So Natalie Portman had to sit through this film about a blind football team. <laughs>
5: Right, uh, and uh, which was interesting. Yeah, I, I like the thing I like about that is is Natalie Portman actually, John. Don't diminish her footballing prowess. She is the co-owner with a lot of other celebrity uh, Hollywood women <laughs> of the LA football team, uh, LA Angels. Uh, said Jermaine Janice. No, not called LA Angels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was called Angel <laughs> <Yeah>.
7: City. <laughs> got that entirely wrong, Natalie. You actually co own uh, co-owner football team in LA uh, called LA uh, Angels. Are they called uh, Angels? Angel FC? City. FC. A- Angel City. But I do love the fact that
5: in America, football stroke soccer is seen only as a children and ladies sport and it is not for men. And I like the fact that in in the, the whole of the English speaking world, Britain is the only place that says, yes, this is a man's sport. It isn't. It's for little children and it's for precious ladies. That's what football is. And if you like it and you're not a little child and you're not a precious lady, then you're wrong. (laughs) The whole premise of
2: blind football, which is quite amazing, but Mm. seems to be based on a joke I heard when I was a child, which was to do with a blind football team playing on a beach. And then someone said... Cut, there's a bell in the ball, that's how they play. Come quickly, the blind people are kicking shit out of the Morris dancers. <laughs> oh, oh, that was all that was in my head watching this. It's amazing. They've got a ball with ball bearings in it. Yeah. And they shout certain things that tell them where the other players are. It's yeah. pretty incredible. It is yeah, actually the
4: hardest really game important. I have ever seen. Yeah. It is so hard. I enjoyed the deflation at the end of that piece. They lost 4 0. Oh, yeah.
7: <laughs> <laughs> and at full time. It's 4-0 to Germany, but they're even more...
5: The best thing about that was, exactly as you say, they sort of go, Britain's never had one of these teams. So we decided this is the first one we're going to have. And in just a few months, they'll be playing Germany in the World Cup. And that's not enough time. This game is obviously incredibly difficult. You know, you walk around, you you have to shout oi and red. And in some way that will help you work like a bat to work out where your teammates are. Um, as you say, that they, they lost they lost 4-0. Uh, that isn't the dream ending you wanted for this sort of... Otherwise, it, it could have been an uplifting piece. And actually, it was just the whole thing. You were like every stage of it. You were just like, this is too hard. The, the fact that the goalies can see makes that even harder for the people who are playing and
7: trying to score. Yeah, The only sighted player on the team is the goalie. They help guide the players by shouting instructions. And I did think to myself,
5: well, what, how do they pick the goalies? Because yeah. if you're sighted, you're just like, yeah, I'll, I'll do this. I'll, I'll become a Paralympian. I'll get a gold medal. You know, uh, another one had to go. A, I, I, I could hear the ball. B, I could see it. They didn't know where I was and I got it. Ah, this is easy. I'm the best at blind football. You talked about
1: yeah. the, the, sort of the sad ending of that one, 4-0. I was... I was kind of rooting for a sad ending on the um, Ukrainian dog story. I thought that would have been a horrible if they'd gone through all of that and then in the end Churchill, the little <laughs> uh, terrier, had to be put down. I would have thought that would have been that would have been awful, wouldn't <laughs> nice it? Nice twist. That was a nice twist. Would have had a very different. I liked the beginning uh, of that
2: show where they got into that, yeah. where, where there was obviously the. Um, yeah, you know, it been a bit. it had been a big, big week and a- certainly a big day in politics, hadn't it, that day?
4: Massive day oh, in the history of the nation today. Huge day. to affect everybody's life. Yeah, let's, yeah. you're right. But, but, yeah, as, as Alex
5: pointed John, out, let's, John, John, let's, let's leave, leave that, that to, the, to news. the news, shall we? Now let's talk about dogs, right? Oh, that's <laughs> dealt
2: with. But she went into it like it was going to be an item. And I was just thinking, because, firstly, congratulations to Cam Norrie for his, you know, Wimbledon win or whatever it was. And then she said, uh, secondly, big news in politics but we're going to leave that to the news to discuss. And you go, well, that's not secondly then, is it? Because it's nothing. Hello and welcome to your
7: Tuesday One Show live on BBC One and I play with Alex Jones.
6: And Jermaine Genius. Now, firstly, huge congratulations to Cam Norrie for winning the quarterfinals at Wimbledon just now. How brilliant is that? Amazing, amazing. And secondly... Mm, big news in politics tonight, but we're going to leave that to the news to discuss. So while it all heats up in Downing Street, we head into the garden to cool off. The RHS is Hampton Court.
2: <laughs> and instead, we're going to Hampton Court Festival uh to see the moving story of a garden dedicated to Ukraine
5: and a Ukrainian dog. <laughs> there's also there's also something funny about the discussion where they've said, well, we've got to mention it. But they've said, yeah, but we don't want to talk about it. And we go, well, we'll just mention it and say we're not going to talk about it. And that will be fine. But then they started talking about the conflict in Ukraine.
2: And you're going, well, that's political. Yeah. What? But no, it's all right. We've then moved it on to the fact that a dog's having a rabies test and coming over here to stay with a family that yeah. got put in. By the way, yeah. rather a
1: nice house. Minted minted right
5: Uh, uh, unbelievable the area that they fenced off for the dog is at least six times bigger than my house (laughs) and that was that was not the house they were in which was basically fucking Downton Abbey and and good and good by the way wonderful I'm glad that those houses are finally being used for something other than upmarket fucking sex parties (laughs) (laughs) you don't know what they were going to do with that dog Mark don't question (laughs) (laughs) it and undoubtedly tax fraud Um, it's good to see but I did look at that and I did sort of think oh, i wish i could be
4: fleeing away from
5: war <laughs> <laughs> I, I could live in a nice place in norwich rather than where i live which is awful yeah. talk
4: about totally burying the lead in that story though where, where is the dad how's he getting on by the way yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who, yeah who is this family that have taken in these refugees and given the dog mm. uh, a couple of acres to roam in i was like, i need to know all of this stuff it's like, I did, they didn't they even the, explain the bandage on the dog's leg.
5: <laughs> it's had a what tattoo. It? it says, yeah. fuck Putin on it. It's, uh, <laughs> I, um, I did think, though, I mean, that dog's called Churchill. That's not, I presume, a, a normal like Ukrainian name. And it did suggest to me that they might have been, you know, not a double pun, but vetted by that, that family who were just like, well, I, I will need effectively, if we are going to take in a Ukrainian family, one that are
7: staunchly Tory. <laughs> Since war broke out in Ukraine, over eighty thousand Ukrainians have come to the UK to escape the conflict, and some have brought their pets.
3: We moved from Ukraine two months ago. It's been a long journey for us. Yeah.
7: Irene will be going to stay with a sponsor in Norfolk, but Churchill can't join her yet. First, he has to go through quarantine. <laughs> Phil, Carth- um, one thing I was going to
1: say: whatever criticism you have for last Tuesday's show. Um, whether it was the hot cum, the pineapple juice sponsor, or the brown sugar and onions, it worked wonders on Alex's voice. Am I right? All <laughs> 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 right, actually. back to normal. Yeah. Not mentioned then. Not yeah, sure. yeah. mentioned. Sure. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> totally cured, wasn't yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'll be a couple of weeks with us, lad and Or next day gone. <laughs>
4: <laughs> what did she prefer the laryngitis to? There was some the brown sugar and onions
7: and <laughs> drank the juice right then. <laughs> <in. laughs> got a
6: hoarse voice. I think I've got a bit of laryngitis, but I feel fine. Anyway, thank you for all of the What's that. What's
7: Claire recommending here? Uh, chopped onion. And brown sugar in a bowl. Drink the juice; it forms (laughs) once left to sit.
6: I think I'd rather have this for a few weeks. (laughs) Uh, Well, (laughs) well, that's all we've got time for. Again,
5: when you open it up to people, and they're just like, you know, oh, and and, you know, Doris has got in touch, and she's she says steep batteries in vinegar. (laughs) And then you've got to inject that under the skin, you know. Just oh you know, yeah. I'd, I'd rather have to, Yeah, don't don't even mention it. And that thing about onions and, and brown sugar—that is not from someone who has got a medical background. That is just it's someone who sells rancid onions.
4: What Alex needed was maybe a couple of people on the sofa who get paid. I don't know, millions of dollars to talk for a living in, I don't know, Hollywood, for example, <laughs> who might have some sort of remedy for what you do when you've got a croaky voice. They weren't even asked. I <laughs> what yes. no. what you think, no. Natalie Portman.
5: Uh, I, I, I did actually say, like, you know, I thought it was really funny that they booked them in and they don't have them talk for the second half. Actually, what would be even funnier than that was if they got someone along who was uh, acting for three years and could tell us in detail about his new role on a show that nobody's watching anymore, um, which which was Omar, who is now in EastEnders. When you have Natalie Portman sitting on the sofa, I think you could probably try and find a better clip of your guest's acting prowess than one where he wants access through a busy market because he's trying to take a catch to a vet. <laughs> this is the quickest way?
6: Yeah, It's the quickest way to a good
5: kicking. You, you don't get it. You? you don't get it right, and you ain't coming down here neither. No, look, we got all that stock on the street. Yeah. It's marked it. I've got my cat in her back. She's been knocked down, but the nearest vet's up on the high street, and they're expecting me. My kids are going to be gutted if
1: anything happens to her. Right, come
7: on then. Let's move it, people. Get it.
1: Hey, the plot so twist, so plot twist, guys. We discovered he's the bad boy because that cat weren't real.
7: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah,
5: well, oh, spoilers, it spoilers. Was a, it was
4: a dead cat. <laughs>
5: yeah, it's when you hear Omar <laughs> telling everybody about the importance of Max Beasley in anyone's acting career sitting in front of an Oscar winner. People like Max
7: Beasley who I used to oh, go yeah, to school yeah. with. He's,
5: uh, he helped me with like the audition process. Along <laughs> you just feel like you might be talking
2: to the wrong person. It's smacked of, with, yeah. with just even though it's not Natalie Portman and Tessa Thompson. We've run out of things to say. So here's a feature we've just squashed on the end about the bloke in EastEnders. That's all we've got. We've got no time for anything else. (laughs) It was like Natalie Portman wasn't even. there. I mean, were we seeing Natalie Portman, and he wasn't? Was that what was going on?
1: <laughs> they didn't include. They didn't try to include them at all. He was sat like the opposite. It seemed like in another room, in a sofa, in another room away from. But
5: him. I couldn't tell if that was him. Also, sort of just going, I shouldn't be here. I shouldn't be talking about acting when they're here. And I, now I'm really. I, was, I mean, up. I
1: was thinking such as such as the um, the tarnish of the one show that they even managed to make Omar Layfouk look uncool.
4: Yes. <laughs> I but they did they did his interview backwards. I've never seen this done before. They sort of, they said oh, sure you're I'm you're not. you're new in EastEnders, aren't you? And he was like, Yeah, yeah, well, you know, um I'm playing a bad boy and they did this thing about the cat and everything getting through the market. And then right at the end they interviewed him in reverse when, oh, by the way, you had a number of hits, didn't you, in the 90s? You're on to your ninth album and you've got an MBE, you got a CBE. OK, bye
6: now! <laughs> yeah. This won't be the first time that viewers will have seen you on telly. There'll be people now sitting at home thinking, Why, where but, have we yes. seen Omar before? Well, everybody, <laughs> cast your mind back to Top of the Pops,
1: Ninety-one. My favourite <laughs> <laughs> interjection was so there was, he was getting like, sort of like, list your record, your national record of achievement, Omar, and his is impressive. List of credits, mm-hmm. and then he starts with gold badge, and then Alex chips in
7: with, "I thought he was a global please badge." Then, well, <laughs> what have you been up to then since you know your success in the charts?
5: Uh, well, you know, I've been uh, I've written eight albums, worked with people like Stevie Wonder, uh, uh, Erica Badu, Common, Angie Stone. Uh, I got myself an MBE. Um, I got an uh, uh, honorary fellowship for the Guildhall School of Music and Drama as well. Got myself a gold badge award from the Ivan Novellos. Uh, oh, I thought
6: you were going to say from Blue Peter.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, just, just absolutely undercut all those massive achievements. <laughs>
5: I had that funny thing about when they did show the top of the Pops thing. I was like, "Oh my god, it's Omar." And then I was like, "What am I doing with that information though?" No. I didn't I've not I don't care it's Omar because it, as like you said, I was sitting there thinking why are they talking to this guy? And then I was like, they're talking to him because he used to be Omar, someone who we never talked about since he stopped doing pop in 1991.
2: And there we bring part one of the podcast to its traditional halt. Oh, there's only so much one show a person can take in a single hit. It's like heroin in that respect heroin that's been cut with terrible television. And now we're frothing at the eyes and ears because of what we've seen and heard. We'll be back tomorrow to hit you up with more as you lie on the couch chasing the early evening BBC One magazine show Shit Dragon. Part 2 tomorrow of the return of The, the One Show Show.
3: Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials?